You know what time it is. Thursday crossover for week seven. Locked on 49ers, locked on Vikings. Biggest storylines, key matchups in week seven. Coming at you right now. You are locked on 49ers. Your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, Vikings fans, 49ers fans? Doing a little Monday night football preview. Kirk Cousins, Monday night football, playing the 49ers, who definitely have not done anything bad to anyone on Monday night football. Uh, I'm here with Brian Peacock. <laughs> My name is Luke Brown. I do Locked On Vikings. Brian Peacock does Locked On 49ers. Uh, here to talk about this matchup of two uh, reigning NFC playoff teams. Let's put it that way. Yeah, uh, two teams that have lost thirty-eight to seven to the Eagles in NFC Championships. We'll put it that way too. Uh, <laughs> I'm already deep in the gallows on this one. I don't know if you can tell, um, but let's start with the broadest of broad strokes, Brian. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what what is the what's the mood in in San Francisco? You took your first loss. Are we out on Brock Purdy? Is he not suddenly the the second coming of Tom Brady? Or, or or is that just is everybody just overreacting and everybody needs to chill? He everyone's realizing he's a little shorter than Tom Brady. That's about as far as is 49ers fans are willing to go down that road. Um, to be honest with you, well, it's probably it's measurable. High, it's 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 it might be the highest vibes post loss I can remember in, in hmm. since I've been covering the 49ers on Locked On, which has been since 2017. So it's been a little while. Uh, and hmm. usually there's a lot of doomsday stuff going on, and there's some there's some bad vibes as well coming off a loss. Um, and, you know, you have to remind the fans sometimes and remind everybody that, yeah, I, we, did, we didn't expect this team to go undefeated necessarily this year. This is a very good football team. Sure. They're good on offense. They're good on defense. They were going to lose some games. This was it. Bad weather, on the road, good defense. The Cleveland Browns got them. Uh, I, I think most 49ers fans, and especially me as an analyst looking at this game, I would say the injuries coming out of Cleveland are, were more worrisome than the actual loss. Uh, but we got good news on that today as well with Christian McCaffrey, oh. Debo Samuel, Trent Williams. There's a chance all three of them could be playing on Monday night. I personally think if there's any risk of re-injury, it might be the the, uh, the right time to maybe hold Christian McCaffrey out for a week. Uh, you know, you, then you got a short week coming up the next game against the Cincinnati Bengals, which is going to be a tough one as well. Just be smart with him because you need Christian McCaffrey healthy in January. Um, hmm. As important as every week is, and I'm not trying to overlook the Minnesota Vikings here either, but um, it's uh, it's it's been good news on the injury front. So I think most 49ers fans, and and that's kind of how we've treated it on the podcast, is like, look, you, you take your lumps, you, you're gonna you're not going undefeated, okay? Now yeah. it's 16 and one, learn from it and, and bounce back. And it's probably bad news for the Minnesota Vikings that the 49ers got. That's got smacked in the mouth a little bit the week. Prior. Yeah, right. Now they're they're not too big. Well, and that's like it's it's not overlooking because I'm I'm not taking it as overlooking the Vikings either. It's overlooking a regular season game because mm. I mean the 49ers are going to be in the playoffs. They're probably going to be playing at home in the playoffs unless something super astounding happens with like Seattle. Uh, it's this is a team that feels like we can all close our eyes and not and just kind of say okay we'll see you in January. And and then that's where we'll really find out what this season is going to be defined by. So I kind of get it that it's like, look, we are not going to you guys aren't going to need every win in a division with the Rams and the Cardinals. Um, and, and, you know, the Seahawks not exactly keeping pace right now either. 
So I kind of get that. But at the, the on the other hand, or at, at another point in that column, uh, the U.S. Bank turf has claimed a couple of people. Vikings don't have Justin Jefferson. Uh, Travis Kelsey hurt his foot too. He had to play through something on Thursday. He's probably going to be dealing with that for a lot. So uh, the Mike Williams got hurt on it too, and they're actually planning to replace it next year. So it's a problem that they are aware of, and they already have a plan in motion to to swap that out. But that might also be part of the impetus. And it's like, like I don't know, man. That's another reason, especially for you know someone like Trent Williams got an ankle. If it's something to yeah. do with you know lower lower leg. Uh, maybe that is a, a good reason to hold people out. I don't know if U.S. Bank has claimed more bodies than uh, what is it MetLife in New York? Yeah, because the, the Niners no, are, or FedEx and yeah, in Washington. Niners. I believe last year 49ers played a preseason game in Minnesota, and I believe somebody did go out uh, who ended up in Minnesota. I think somebody did get hurt in that game too. Last oh, time the 49ers played in Minnesota, all I remember from that you game have to check Eli McGill looked really good, and then the 49ers ended up claiming him back onto their yeah, board. insane that we cut him. We're still mad about that. <laughs> yeah, he's not on either team right now, but uh, well, we both remember the the T.Y. McGill preseason game of, of 2022 is an all time, yeah, it wasn't the only one too. He he cooked that whole camp, he was great, and everybody's like, Well, he's a lock to make the roster. And we well, tried to sneak him onto the practice squad, and he got burned. It was insane. <laughs> There's two. There's two angles to that with U.S. Bank because, A, you get worried about the turf. Maybe that's a reason to hold out Christian McCaffrey. Maybe it's a reason to hold out Trent Williams. Who knows? We'll see. And as the week goes on, we'll have a better idea. They're all kind of day-to-day, and, and they might all three not play. They might all three play, but they're not major long-term injuries for all three players, which is which is great news for the 49ers. But as turf aside, even better news for the 49ers, Luke, is we learned – what young quarterback Brock Purdy's kryptonite actually is. And 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 what is that? That's my, my next thing is how'd the Browns do it? That is not going to be a problem because it is a substance that covers 70% of the earth that will not be falling from the sky during that football. Oh, in Minnesota. Okay. It was and a rain game. Football. All right. I, that literally, I think is the first time I've seen Brock Purdy look a little uncomfortable and it wasn't so much the game was moving fast and he was making mental mistakes. It was just missing throws, kind of ball Back falling out of his hand a little bit. And uh, he's got nine and a quarter inch hands that they're not super small hands. They're not, you know, they're, they're 24th percentile hand size, according to NFL combine quarterbacks. Um, I don't know if it's actually a problem, but it, it he looked uncomfortable throwing the football and, and the ball wasn't coming out right and did not come out the same as it did every other game I've seen Brock Purdy play in his short NFL career. So maybe we did find Brock Purdy's kryptonite and unfortunately for the uh, Minnesota Vikings, it's something that's not going to be in play Monday night. Well, yeah, the uh, the operational staff of the Vikings would have to get some really creative ideas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so... So the argument is with Purdy, it was a fluke and it's not going to happen again. It was a fluke. It was the weather. Don't worry about it unless it's raining and, again. And I, I will say coming out of that game, because the 49ers played the Cowboys and the Browns back to back. And, you know, mm. all season long, it's been, okay, maybe the best defenses in the league are the 49ers and the Cowboys. And then they play each other. And the, the 49ers doubled their season total of giving up points. They scored 42. Yeah. Well, like, the, oh, the Browns might be in that conversation now. And then the Browns come and then we go, the 49ers play the Browns. It's like, oh, the Browns defense looked a lot better than the Cowboys defense. They have the dudes to play the scheme they're playing. Um, they stopped the run. Well, Dalvin Thompson was good in the interior. Miles Garrett's a freak of freaks. We kind of already knew how much of a freak he was. And then going against a one legged Trent Williams, um, he, he mm-hmm. ragdolled Trent Trent in a way I've never seen in, in ever. 
and there was another play where Miles Garrett chased uh, uh, Christian McCaffrey to the sidelines. Like a guy, a guy that big is not supposed to be moving that fast. So yeah, in a league of freaks, of but we have our own guy like that. We well, have our own super so, alien dude. But we'll right, we'll get so, to matchups later. Uh, a, a, you know, uh, a, maybe a subpar NFL starting right tackle and a uh, and a banged up Trent Williams. That's where the yeah. aliens need to come and and make their presence known and, and hit Brock Purdy because no no quarterback is great when he's on his back, right? Or he's getting hit as he's yeah. Still um, well, this is then, the first but, time, uh, well, second time that Trent gets to play his protege, play against his uh, his his little mentee, Christian Derisaw. Oh, Derisaw, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I he's still doing great. I, we're talking about all these other teams. Um, but did you hear the interview with Chicago Bears former player personnel director uh, Josh Harris? I believe is his name, something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, he was on a, a Chicago radio show talking about how Darasaw might have been in Chicago if they didn't end up trading up in the 2021 draft for Justin Fields. Makes a lot of sense. But the my, Vikings were also, if I'm not mistaken, also trying to trade up as well, right? And ended up with Darasaw. No, so they, like, they, they traded down okay. uh, from 14. They traded down with the Jets, oh, who right, got right, Elijah right, Vierger. And then they traded down pretty far, further than Rick Spielman wanted to. And then they were just like sweating and then they tried to trade back. So they tried to just kind of trade down, but less uh, and kind of go back up and they didn't get that deal done. And then they were super, super, super sweating. And they super thought the Colts were going to take Derisaw. They took Quiddy pay and then it was good from there. Or no, it was the Raiders who took um, Alex Leatherwood. That was what it was. Oh, wow. Over Derisaw. Yeah. Raiders fans will let you know about that. That was a, that was a run for the Raiders in the draft. Wow. Damn. Yeah. But uh, hey, look, so there's other match. There's there's other stuff going on here. Yeah. Uh, we still haven't talked about how Justin Jefferson isn't going to play and what's going to happen there and and how the Vikings will be able to ma- will be able to attack the 49ers secondary and also maybe how the Vikings can attack a hobbled Trent Williams, as you sort of hinted to. So we are going to get into that next. Today's crossover episode locked on 49ers locked on vikings is brought to you by bird dogs and i love my bird dogs pants bird dogs they make you look good but you feel good while you're looking good with bird dogs bird dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg giving you that truly sculpted look bird dogs shorts do the exact same thing as any of the uh the 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 most fancy brands you can think of right and Mm -hmm. they fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff restricting cotton bird dogs fixed this issue by inventing their own cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And uh, bird dog, the, the best thing probably about my bird dogs is they're so versatile. I got bird dog shorts with a liner in them. I go to a barbecue, go to a pool party, I can jump in the pool, stay out of the pool. It doesn't matter. I'm comfortable all day long in hot weather in my long pants. You go to work and you fit in with any environment. They are so versatile. Love wearing them out on the golf course as well. And you can get yourself a special deal on Bird Dogs by going to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL or entering promo code locked on NFL at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you. Thanks so much to those of you who listen to Locked On Vikings or Locked On 49ers each and every day, all of our everydayers. Uh, this is the time of week where I strongly encourage uh, Vikings fans, go listen to Locked On 49ers, go spy on the enemy a little bit. 49ers fans, come on through. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about stuff. Come hang out for the uh, bold predictions that I do on Fridays. Um, that's always really fun. 
And also check out the YouTube channels for each of our shows on Sunday morning before the games start. They do the NFL live kickoff. Uh, it's it's a live show. We it's like our own pregame show. Uh, that's been really fun as well. Uh, but let's get into this. So the elephant in the room for the Vikings is no Justin Jefferson, right? Uh, they managed to win despite some putrid offense against Chicago. That's kind of a Bears thing. Uh, the Vikings have to put together some offense because you know Kyle Shanahan is going to be able to move the ball. Um, the plan, I guess, so far has been TJ Hawkinson and trying to feature Jordan Addison a little bit more on some of those deeper routes, um, you know, using KJ Osborne as, as a role player as well. That's the way the Vikings have tried to put this together. Um, of those three players, are any of them names that stick out to you as somebody that, that the 49ers could have trouble with either the mismatched tight end type or the deep route type, or just kind of that, you know, ever so work ethic, grindy possession receiver type. I don't think there's one style of player that is super worrisome because the 49ers have done such a great job uh, against most of those players this season, you know, CD lamb, Sunday night football Cowboys was like, okay, the, the 49ers had, had kind of had a little bit of a revolving door trying to figure out what they do wanted to do in the slot. They brought in Isaiah Oliver in the offseason to play in the slot. Apparently they didn't like that in the preseason in camp. So they started moving Diamador Lador from the outside into the slot and put Ambry Thomas on the outside. And then Ambry Thomas started getting torched on the outside. So they kind of flipped back to that. And now that's where we are again. And so we thought, oh man, CD Lamb's the best sort of a slot type receiver, moves around a lot, could be a mismatch problem. He caught 40. Four, four passes for 40 yards. It just it just wasn't a problem for the 49ers. So the scheme is sound. The players are playing it really well. Um, they're not giving up big plays. I would say slot fades have been a problem for the 49ers. So, you know, speed out of the slot going to the corner can be a, a big play potentially where, uh, you know, uh, I don't because I know Justin Jefferson moves around is in the slot or not. Does Jordan Addison do yeah. the move around thing now that that they all do? Jefferson is out or okay. Yeah, Kevin O'Connell doesn't really do the you know you're the outside, you're the slot, you're the they'll they'll have they'll have the fullback line up in the slot, they'll have the tight end line up out. They'll they move everybody around everywhere. Two man stacks, bunches, um, you know, guys coming in motion, all kinds of things. Especially with Addison, who's a smaller receiver, they they're going to try to get him like free releases with that stuff. Um. So unless you're shadowing, the Vikings will really try to like dictate the matchups. So this is going to be a CJ Ham game, is what you're trying to tell me. Always is, baby. Nothing like a CJ Ham game. So here's the thing: the, the the Vikings offense last week without Jefferson ran through a guy, a name we haven't said yet, which is Alexander Madison. He outtouched the team. He had 25 touches. The rest of the team combined had 24, which is insanity. Uh, and a lot of that was checking down, you know, things that weren't necessarily planned to go to Madison that went to Madison and just running the ball a lot. Um, you know, at the end of the game, six of those touches were run plays that were, um, you know, just draining clock. So that's probably a little misleading, but not like that misleading. <laughs> is, is that a function of, okay, there's less guys open because Justin Jefferson's not out there. So I'm just checking down. Yeah, some of that is some of that is Kirk being Kirk. Um, sometimes he will turn down things that he could take, but he's not going to take, especially if he gets spooked off of, say, throwing a weird, you know, ball batted in the air kind of interception. Sometimes he'll like recoil and get, suddenly get really, really, really quick to go to his check downs. Um, that's something that as of this recording, I'll, I'll have a better answer on the 
it'll when this comes out it'll be yesterday's episode of locked on vikings but recording is kind of out of order so i'll put a pin in that until i've actually been able to sort of review that more in terms of that game but i will say that cousins has been i'm gonna say inconsistent he's had some times where he just goes total like white blind sees god and just can't be stopped and hits everything and, and he's aggressive and, and he's yeah. throwing these pinpoint darts. And then sometimes you're like, why did you come off of that and throw a covered check down to the to the fullback? Um, or sometimes he'll just stop up and take a sack, right? And just like brain turns off. He's been more inconsistent this year than he was. I mean, last year he really did a great job of getting rid of that stuff. Um, but it's been up and down, which I don't know. This could be Kirk Cousins' best chance to audition for the 49ers, who, you know, obviously have wanted to trade for him for six years. <laughs> yeah, it's like finally he's going to be available and they found another guy. And yeah, and <laughs> the apple of, of Shanahan's eye is Brock Purdy. It's truly the the something. things just didn't line up. It's like, you know, that that like that that old flame we all have from yeah. high school, but it just never quite. Yeah, it's the one that got away. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to ask you kind of the similar question about the the receivers. And I know everyone kind of, you know, I'm sure most people listening to this podcast have a good idea of, of TJ Hawkinson. And, and I'm sure the mm-hmm. usage is going to go up and sort of a, a chain moving, uh, high volume tight end in that offense. But what has Jordan Addison shown as a rookie wide receiver? Because uh, I, like the, I like a lot of what I've seen, but I haven't seen every snap like you have yeah. Luke. so so what can we expect to see from jordan addison not only against the 49ers but the the rest of his rookie year now that he's kind of the de facto number one without uh the, just when just jefferson yeah until until jefferson gets back um the word i'll use is explosiveness uh he's he's a take the top off the defense it, he has gotten like a breakaway touchdown in three games so far he had a shot at another one that turned into an underthrown dpi first and goal um Yeah, it's he has shown a lot of speed and he's a very savvy route runner for a rookie uh, where he, he, you know, it's not just a post route. It's not just a go route. He's actually, you know, leaning things and kind of taking advantage of the coverages. And he has a pretty good knowledge of, you know, oh, you know, corners is stemming this thing to the inside a little bit. Here's how I attack that, that kind of stuff. Um, But the problem has been with physical coverage. When you get somebody playing catch technique, playing press, he struggles to fight through the body and he did at USC too. He's just a smaller body. And and so he's struggling with that kind of stuff. He'll get stopped up there. Uh, and I think what he really could do a better job of is selling that contact and trying to draw like illegal contact flags. Um, Cause some of that catch technique and you, I mean, you saw one just in the Monday night football game uh, of just the, the smallest contact from a corner playing catch technique, which guys are starting to do against Addison all the time where you play flat-footed and you make them come through you and basically take the charge, right, and try to ruin their rhythm. Um, Any tiny little bit of contact from that is going to get the flag if the receiver is savvy enough to throw their hands up and, you know, be a theater kid about it. Um, And I think, I I really think that that's a skill that Addison could use to help get people to sort of back off him a little bit. But if you're not, if, if you don't have corners that like to play physical, if you have corners that prefer to be fast or prefer to use technique or, you know, if, if you don't have the like big, you know, beat you up kind of Richard Sherman kind of corner, um, then you're not like if you don't have that skill set, then it's a lot harder to hang with Jordan Addison. But there are a lot of those guys in the league. So it's been explosive, but not consistent. And KJ Osborne is he might be one of the most underrated receivers in the league because I, I 
I kind of overlook him all the time, but he, you know, he's always kind of there and 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 making mm-hmm. making some plays. Not like you're 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 not worried because you're rolling into town and, and KJ Osborne's gonna be playing against you and you're covering him, but um I, I don't think he should be necessarily taken as oh uh Justin Jefferson's not playing, so they can't throw the ball on us. Yeah, he's definitely not like a premier weapon, but he's very clutch. It's always a third down. It's always, you know, end of the game, you know, big time stuff. The moment's never too big for him. He's, he's, I think, really good for that locker room for that reason as well. Um, But how this game is actually going to go down, hey, there's a whole bunch of ways. So let's get into our actual predictions. And I also uh, want to interrogate a couple of other things in the trenches. So... We've still got quite a bit to talk about on Crossover Thursday and the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers and Locked On Vikings brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Snap into the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now our listeners can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's all new customers. $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. Uh, whatever happens in that first $5 bet, if you win it, if you lose it, you still get those 200 in bonus bets. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time than right now to get in on that action. And we get those 200 in bonus bets. You can use them on anything that they have, like uh, spreads, player props, over-unders, love the parlays, build your own parlays. I mean, the app is so easy to use. It's safe. The uh, the app and the, the website, it couldn't be laid out better. You can find all of the football bets you want all the nfl bets you want you can bet on that 49ers minus seven if you want on monday night football and you better hurry up and get that number before it starts to grow if there's good news on some of those injured 49ers Mm -hmm. heading towards uh monday night football and uh you can bet on any sport out there nba is getting going major league baseball playoffs are happening right now nhl getting started as well and if snooker's your thing you can find that at FanDuel. So all you got to do is visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get this thing going. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Today's episode is also brought to you by Jace Medical, and in particular, their Jace Case, which has five life-saving antibiotics that can get delivered directly to your door and be on hand in case of an emergency. It's one thing to have just like a generic first aid kit. It's another thing to have this Jace Case on hand for stuff that can be kind of hard to get in a moment where you might not have access to those drugs. It might take a long time to get a prescription and then get it shipped to you. You might not medically have that time on hand, especially with like supply chain shortages and all kinds of other stuff going on in the the global economy. Uh, The FDA chief has been talking about this as well. There's been some stuff in the news uh, that might mess with you. So go to jacemedical.com and enter code locked on at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. That's promo code locked on at J-A-S-E medical.com. Wrapping things up here on Crossover Thursday on the Locked On NFL Podcast Network here with Brian Peacock, Locked On 49ers. I do Locked On Vikings. Uh, Let's start to talk about how we think some of these things are going to play out. And I guess with the trenches on the Vikings defensive line side, probably no, well, definitely no Marcus Davenport. He's maybe going on IR with a high ankle sprain, so certainly not playing in this game. But Daniil Hunter potentially against that hobbled Trent Williams, are you worried about Daniel Hunter kind of wrecking a whole bunch of things in the backfield? Or is Brock Purdy going to be able to run around and take care of this or get the ball out to, you know, McCaffrey or Debo or whoever's going to play? It's 
it, it could be a problem. Um, week one, TJ Watt wrecked the 49ers up front. He got to pretty mm-hmm. multiple times, two strip sacks. One of them pretty landed on the other. The Steelers got, but the 49ers dominate him so thoroughly the rest of the game and in every other facet, it didn't matter at all. It didn't have an impact on the game, which is, which is a rarity. Um, last week, the 49ers uh, met their match up front with the, uh, with the Cleveland Browns. They did a really good job. They stopped the run and, you know, in the rain, Purdy wasn't having a good time throwing the football. Um, so, it, it can be something that can be an advantage for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Micah Parsons didn't hurt the, the, the 49ers. TJ Watt did, but it still didn't matter. So it is certainly an area that the Vikings could win, especially against a hobbled Trent Williams or on the other side against Colton McKivitz. And he's a great player. Um, so yeah, that, that's definitely one of the key matchups. I think in this game, you got to get him blocked up and you got to make sure that, their best player on defense isn't in Brock Purdy's lap the entire game. And I think I would be uh, in trouble from my listeners, Luke, if I didn't ask uh, what it would take for the 49ers to send to the Vikings. So Hunter could get on the 49ers plane and go back with them. <laughs> San Francisco. Um, three months of your time. He's going to be a free agent next year. He's yeah, his yeah. contract is voiding out. I, I don't think so. The, the rumors have been, at least the way that I have been able to parse them out, with Kirk, Kirk Cousins, I think the only thing that could make the Vikings do it is if a contender's quarterback goes, like if Brock Purdy goes down, then the 49ers, then we start saying, all right, start sending us your first round picks and we're going to kind of bend you over a barrel in this circumstance. Right. Um, if it's, I, I don't think Justin Jefferson's on the table. I don't think anybody else outside of you know guys that are maybe deeper on the roster like you know you're not getting superstar blockbusters it might be you know somebody said like kj osborne right right um who is a free agent at the end of the season as well with hunter i think they probably expect to get a pretty big comp pick out of that um so you got to at least do better than that but i honestly think yeah i i honestly i think if it's not starting at a second i don't think they they bother with it um, and I think that's probably what it would, it would take, but it also would take, you got to get the Vikings at a really down moment. And there's only two games left, I think before the or three, before the trade deadline. It's so I believe. Yeah. So two yeah. games and then it'll be before the next, or there's games. So on I can't remember if it's right before that week happens or right after it. I think there's no, there's two. Um, but the, so what you need to beat the Vikings by 50 and make it feel like the Vikings are dead. Um, if they say they lose to the 49ers, but they win the next game, I think it's against green Bay and they're sitting at three and five. They're not fire sailing, right? They need to get beat so bad against the 49ers. Then also go get killed by the Packers. Then maybe you can get something at the deadline and they're going, okay, you know, we're, we're two and six. We're dead, right? Three and five doesn't feel that way. And even that, you still go, I don't know, rattle off two wins and we're back to 500. Doesn't feel that crazy. They need to be in my, I think they needed to lose against the bears, to be honest with you, Was to, Hunter to go into fire sale mode. in the off season. No, a lot of people called, um, it never really made sense with the contract. Uh, a lot of people tried during the draft. And I think it was, uh, basically the Vikings would have had to cut somebody else to make space for the dead cat that it would take to, to, to trade Daniel Hunter. So it's like, if you want us to go through all that, you got to give us like two firsts and nobody's yeah. going to come close to okay. that. Okay. Um, and then they got another contract worked out in camp. 
that got him happy and 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 to uh, play through the season. I, I think if the Vikings really gave him a true contract extension offer that he was happy with, he'd be happy to stay in Minnesota. But they haven't really done that, which I have been pretty critical of them for. Um, yeah, I think you got to get him in free agency if you want him. That seems strange to let you know one of your best players if you're trying to build something going forward to let him disgruntled yeah. to the point where he can't even be an option for you anyway, and then not get that much for him when he, when he walks, they, they will try to extend him next off season, but his, his contract will void and he'll go hit free agency in March. Um, they'll, they'll try to figure it out. I don't know if they're like really willing to do it. Uh, if they're willing to, to shell out quiz, he's been fairly frugal with that. And which I hate just pay your good players. I'm with you. Yeah. Um, but he'll also be going into his age 30 season. And you know, as soon as you hit the age of 30, you're no longer allowed to be good. So yeah, you can't be good anymore in the NFL. Yeah. You dissolve into ash on your 30th birthday. That's the human tradition. As soon as the pension hits, you're like, you're, yeah, you're right. Might as well start collecting those social security checks, lining up that Fox TV deal. Cause you're about to retire, you know? Is there is there a a worry and and I hate to get too deep into the offseason stuff here because we we want to talk a little bit about this game more but um is there a worry amongst I guess these are predictions <laughs> among, yeah, yeah, well, let's predict the offseason is there a worry amongst uh, Vikings fans or amongst analysts um, amongst the Luke Bronze of the world that Justin Jefferson's like eh, no thanks on that extension no. uh no so he, the last offer was from his camp and the Vikings were the ones that declined it and said, let's go back to, let's revisit this after the season. He's been very much uh, an active participant in the negotiations. Um, they just didn't come to a deal. He has shown zero indication that he's at all upset about this. I don't think like personally, I don't think he cares because he already has, he's getting so much money from endorsements that like, yeah. This is not like somebody finally getting their biggest payday ever. Like he already got the Madden money. He's doing all right. Um, and they'll, they'll pick that up over the season, but the, the relationship has been very, very amicable. I think there is a lot of concern because Vikings fans are very hurt. You know, they had Stefan Diggs, they had Randy Moss get traded a couple decades ago. Like this has happened to the Vikings a couple times. So I think fans are a little bit jittery, but there is absolutely nothing possibly indicating that Justin Jefferson is on his way to anything but an extension. And honestly, it behooves Jefferson to wait too, because the longer he waits, the more the price goes up. So that's, it's also just kind of like negotiation. Uh, personally, I'd, I'd be pretty surprised at this particular junction until I hear something else until I actually hear somebody say, yeah, Justin Jefferson's mad. Uh, and it's not just somebody like failing to read body language. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not, I'm not going to really lose any sleep over it. As far as matchups go, we talked about the Vikings defense and Denell Hunter and, and getting pressure on on yeah. Purdy. Um, the, the my question would be on the Vikings defense is how are they stopping the run and the second level defenders? Kyle Shanahan loves to use the defense's rules against them. He loves to put linebackers in a blender, so covering mm -hmm. McCaffrey out of the backfield, stopping the run, even if McCaffrey's yeah. not playing, Shanahan's offenses run the ball. You know, they, that's, yeah. that's going to happen. Uh, you know, tackling Debo Samuel, uh, tackling George Kittle over the middle of the fields. Uh, talk to me about that group in the front seven up the middle, especially. Yeah, well, offensively, we stole a bunch of this Shanahan stuff this year. We started running lead stuff. We've been using CJ Ham like he's used check um, and have tried to sort of revamp the run game that way, using more lead blockers and stuff. So that means the defense has been practicing against it all, all year. 
Uh, in terms of the run, I mean, look, they blitz an insane amount of the time. They blitzed, they blitzed over 70% twice now on the season. It's unreal. Flores is entirely a lunatic. I love it. Um, but that means that, you know, if Brock Purdy can get the ball out of his hands quickly and throw to a hot route to a, a, a good yak player, that is kind of the formula to beat the Vikings. I don't know. Uh, do you have any guys that are good after the catch that I, that I haven't heard of? <laughs> if, yeah. If, if Brock Purdy gets the ball out, which he did uh, against uh, the giants in, in week Martindale, a defensive coordinator who blitzed 85% of his dropbacks in what week was that week two, week three. Um, yeah. And it was the highest percentage in the stat cast era of uh, dropbacks getting blitzed. And there was a, a little bit of funk at the beginning of the game with Brock Purdy figuring it out. And then he figured it out and he was getting the ball out with crazy anticipation, not only finding hot reads and, and, uh, and receivers close to the line of scrimmage, he was finding Debo Samuel on a corner route at the mm. pylon in the end zone. And so yeah. uh, I so, don't know if that's the best way to beat Brock Purdy um, again. Uh, unless you're squirting water on the football before they snap it. That's that's the only thing I've seen that's been able to beat Brock Purdy this far. He, he's been pretty phenomenal with how quickly he processes, understands who's coming, what's going on, where to good, go with the football with anticipation, which is good against uh, yeah. uh, heavy blitzing because there's just less guys in coverage at that point. That's kind of how I've been familiar with it, which is why, I mean, look, I don't think any uh, any semi-realistic Vikings fan is going to look at this and say, yeah, the Vikings will take it. Um, I think you have to pick a 49ers win and just hope for the upset, right? Um, but behind the blitzes, it's a lot of off-man coverage. Um, so in terms of those linebackers, it's, you know, trying to man up try or, or trying to, you know, win as like a cover one rat and just trying to like break on something. Uh, but it's a lot of them are going to get sent, right? A lot of them are going to be rushing the quarterback and it's going to be, you know, a nickel coming over trying to cover Christian McCaffrey and guys really trying to come up and tackle safety's trying to come up and tackle. I should shout out Cam Bynum, who's had a phenomenal season uh, in, in, in that regard as the free safety coming up, making a tackle. Yeah. You got a five yard completion on stick and you got tackled immediately. Yep. Okay. You beat the blitz, but it was a five yard completion. When you beat the blitz, you kind of, as an offense, expect more than that. And so mm. the Vikings have actually been the best defense in the league at limiting explosive plays, the fewest explosive plays allowed in the league. Um, so if there's one thing to kind of hang your hat on for the Vikings, who have been extraordinarily, uh, I'll go with snake bitten, maybe self bitten, because they've got a lot of self-inflicted wounds as well, some discipline issues. Um, it's that they if you're going to beat them, you kind of have to do a 14 play drive down the field and they've allowed that you can do that, but it has to be that hard. Right. Okay. So you can't shortcut it even with the, uh, the, the high level of blitzing coming from, from that squad. Right. Because they'll back everything off. And you know, if you're going to try to run four verts against that, well, we've got off man coverage. You'll never, that'll never work. Um, down to the football. Yeah. Right. All, all 11 hats rally. And, and then, you know, you, you live to fight another down if you get your blitz picked up and then spam that 11 times and hope eventually you get a sack that gets them behind the chains and ruins everything. That's kind of the way that, that they've approached defense. It's had mixed results for sure. Uh, but when it works, it's really fun to watch. Um, so do you have an overarching final prediction? I, I don't really care about like scores or whatever, but do you yeah. have a, a final take here? Yeah, I think we're going to see an angry 49ers team coming back and, and getting back in the win column here. Uh, looking at, at FanDuel, it's, it's seven points. 
I, I think that's a pretty good line. I think the 49ers can win by seven. I would predict them to win by uh, more than that. So uh, I would take 49ers straight up. I would take the 49ers by a touchdown and potentially more. Uh, this team's been a juggernaut this year. They've been so good offensive side of the ball, defensive side of the ball. Um, kind of waiting to see, you know, without McCaffrey and Trent and Debo, you're missing one. Mm-hmm. It's not that big of a deal. You can overcome it. You start missing all three. It starts to get more difficult. I will say, though, against the Browns, it's much more difficult to lose them during the game when, you know, three quarters of Kyle Shanahan's call sheet has plays for Debo and McCaffrey. And Debo is clearly going to be a heavy part of that game plan, trying to get the ball out quick, get it in his hands. So they had to change a little bit on the fly. If he knows going in, he can game plan around one or two of those guys not being there. And, and I think it'll be a better result for the 49ers. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, you know, not trying to be a, a homer type of a pick here, but I really do like the 49ers here against uh, the Minnesota Vikings by, you know, by yeah. 10 probably. I, I think they're favored by a touchdown for a reason. That's a pretty big spread in the NFL. Um, if you want to learn more about the Vikings, 49ers fans, come on down, hang out on Locked On Vikings this week. And Vikings fans, go check out Locked On 49ers. Go check out Peacock and Williamson too, covering the whole NFL. Yeah. Ryan Peacock, and I'll, I'll make an appearance on that one once in a blue moon as well. Uh, thank you all so much for hanging out, and we will see you all tomorrow.